So, Rich, when you, uh, again, like, starting this whole podcast thing was your idea, and I, I bought in early on. But uh, we talked a lot about, especially in the early days, kind of what was not really our mission statement, but how did we want this thing to go? And I, I think based off who we are and the players we had, we really enjoy pushing the story envelope. Yeah, I think we really do. You know, I know we've mentioned before that we played a lot of society play and mm -hmm. things like that in the day, and they have their place, and we had a lot of fun doing it. But those tend to be very story light, or at least the impact that you can have on the story. You know, there, there's very much an overarching plot going on, but you really can't influence it all that much with your individual characters. And even some of the campaigns that we do, we do a lot of... Uh, you know, existing material in, in recent years. It's been a while since anybody actually put together a homebrew campaign. And I think we kind of all had that desire to get back to that style of playing and do some more of that. You know, we, we tend to be, you know, we tend to be a little cyclic in nature when it comes to those play styles. So we all wanted to get back there. We wanted to have a more of a, of a high concept story and really delve into a series of characters and let them interact with the world. So, yeah, I think that was all intentional. No, for sure. And I, I have a lot of fun memories of Pathfinder Society, but most of those memories revolve around who I was playing with. You know, and we had some fun, like, there were a lot of fun modules for society. But we've always, I think, for our group, been the kind of people who really dig into a campaign. Like, the long-term story, characters grow. And that's that's what the feel I think we wanted for the podcast. Yeah, I, I think we definitely our group tends to lean that way quite a bit, or even in opportunities where it's not necessarily there, we'll push that as far as the you know the existing material will let us. Mm -hmm. So something like this just seemed the right fit that we could really delve into it. You know, to the point where I know everybody took a lot of time on their character backstories and how that fit in. And I spent a lot of time making sure that those were woven into the storyline and that as things change, I want to be able to react to things changing and let that change the characters and the campaign. I think it's definitely true for me and Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so far. <laughs> so far. But, you know, it's not a coincidence that we're talking about this today. I think, the listeners, the next few episodes you're going to find to be very story heavy, especially this episode today. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot come out in the next couple episodes, and it's all story driven. An integral part of D&D &D is the combat, the pulling out the grid. Or, and like for groups that don't even pull out the grid, they go theater the mind for all of combat. You know, at, at the heart of combat, it's a miniature system. And there's a place for it. And some groups, that's the main focus. For us, we like to throw it in as a, a seasoning, you know, to the story. Yeah, I mean, combats can really develop and push things forward. And, you know, we've explored that even already, and we're going to continue to do so. We're going to have a lot of combats in this podcast coming up. Not in a few next episodes, but, uh, you know, in the long term, there's going to be quite a bit of fighting, mainly because it is in the story and it is fun. But we're also going to have a lot of really story-driven episodes. And I, that's intentional, although, you know, not all of this was necessarily planned. This episode, the next episode, we didn't know when this was going to come out. Even the stuff that I kind of designed long ago that was hard-baked into the story, it, it wasn't a specific moment that this had to come out. We kind of had to let it play out and choose it. Uh, but this, this is it. Well, I know for, like, next episode... We weren't planning on having it at that time, mm -hmm. but the, the story has changed. Certain things happen. It makes more sense. Yeah, it was a good example of 
the characters reacting to the story and growing as things have happened to them and the story having done the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the point at which today's episode was was plugged in, well, although I knew the NPC's story, I didn't know when was the right time for it to come out. And this this is going to be the natural moment for it to happen. And that's been influenced by what the characters have done as much as the characters' decisions from there on out. Well, and like, you know, the PCs can change the story. But in this case, also, the story has changed some PCs. Oh, absolutely. You know, we love that. Like, we want to dig into that space. And then, uh, you know, we I think we're okay taking a couple episodes off with no combat. Now, combat can have those high drama moments. I mean, most of the oh shit buttons we've had were like, oh, we're fighting something way above our, our pay grade. Well, the uh, Switch doesn't know how CR works. <laughs> so many things have happened to come out in combat that are story elements that you guys do have to talk about later. And that's been an interesting little development. We didn't plan that. That just came out. Well, you know, like the, the talk about it later, like it, 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 since we, we try to hit that hour mark for the podcast, we really try. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's a goal. We try. Uh, so like the whole like, oh, something in the middle of combat has popped up and yeah, we really should address that. But now's not the time. Yep. Maybe that should have been the name of the podcast. Like <laughs> now's not the now's time. Now's not the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, every so often, yeah, we have to catch up on that. Like the characters have to sit down and have a powwow. It is. And, you know, interestingly enough, that's why today's episode is here. Because the same thing kind of happened. This was just the point where like, now this has to come out. Now this needs to be here. So today is a big episode, or at least in my mind, because uh, Craven Carlisle is going to kind of kind of spill the beans. He, mm-hmm. He's going to let you know uh, kind of how we got to this point. You know, he's been one of the driving forces, even though he hasn't actually appeared on screen a whole lot. Now you're going to know why. So so how much of this bullshit character is is Richard? Ooh, that's actually a really good... Let's, uh, let's explore that space. Let's explore the space. So not really much of it is me. Uh, you're going to find elements of me in, in all the PCs. No, I, I, I believe you're going to find elements of me in all of the PCs. Most of these PCs, however, I've stolen from somewhere else. Like, I'm just going to flat up admit where Craven Carlisle came from. He came from Penny Dreadful. Timothy Dalton's character in Penny Dreadful is Craven Carlisle. Such a good show. Absolutely where I ripped him off. Now, obviously not the backstory, obviously not. But as far as the character of who he is and how he reacts, I took that character and I said, now, if he were in a fantasy setting, where would I throw him in? And he developed into Craven Carlisle. Could we not get Timothy Dalton for this? We know I tried. (laughs) I I reached out to his agents and, uh, you know, I need to check. I don't think I've heard back from him yet. Uh, I'm sure it's just an oversight. Uh, He chews those scenes in that show. Oh, man, he's so good. Just, just. Makes him he's, his own. He's so good. So you know, and as much as as there any of me in them, obviously it's almost impossible to not have that. But so many of these are concepts I've stolen from other aspects or even other games. You know, you, I've I've stolen these from other characters. You might be surprised to find out that some of these NPCs. Uh, how they relate to other games we've been in and other characters that have happened there. Because I've just kind of stolen those concepts and ideas. Well, I still think he's a piece of shit. But I'm curious to hear what he's got to say this episode. Well, let's see why Carlisle has been at the center of all of this and how that relates to you guys. I think it's going to be some surprises. I uh, I think we'll find that the audience agrees with me. That they just don't like the guy. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Let's enjoy the episode. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. 
Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open The Adventurer's Vault. Uh, with the broken lance secure, Craven Carlisle steps on board and looks at his daughter with a sigh of relief. Uh, without looking at your direction, he speaks. I owe you all a great deal, answers not the least. If you'd allow me a few moments with my daughter, I'll meet you back at the estate shortly. Uh, Dobbs should have some food for you by the time you arrive. Take your time. Family's important. And, like, Alder will, like, put a hand on Lena's shoulder and then just walk away. And I'm famished. I was going to say, take your time. Food is important. Uh, also, buying a shield is important. <laughs> Who's dick do I got to suck to get a short rib around here? <laughs> uh, as you head back to the estate, yeah, you actually notice quite a few changes around town uh, in the many weeks since your absence. Uh, the builders and citizens have been busy with construction and improvements. Uh, the Carlisle State itself shows remarkable progress, where once workers were merely exposing an old foundation, now stands half-formed walls and structures. Uh, the framework of an immodest estate. Rich, can we take a slight detour into town? Hey, you uh, want to look and see if there is another structure? I'm perhaps? just curious. We've been gone for several weeks. Actually, yes. So the structure you are looking for seems to be mostly complete, although you still see there is some construction going right, on here. Right, right. Uh, but it's late, so they've ended for the day. Yeah. But you're looking at it, and you're like, well, gosh, that looks mostly finished. That's pretty good, Rob. Pretty good. The, the frat house is coming together. Ah, yes. Hell yeah. They even hung some dead pirate skeletons. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I don't know those people. Mostly so, decomposed. No, no, they were pirates. Uh, you get back people. to the Carlisle estate. No one cares if they die. <laughs> and Dobbs indeed, ha indeed has dinner for you. Uh, smoked fillets and lightly sauced oysters. Mm. Uh, oh, oysters, yes. With a surprisingly spicy ale. Uh, you feel almost guilty with the speed uh, in which such a fine meal disappears. Uh, but Dobbs only seems to smile with a grunt of satisfaction. Uh, true to his word, Craven Carlisle appears just as you finish off the last of a plate of greens left for you to share. Uh, he asks you to his office, and once you get there, he pulls out a bottle of wine and pours some glasses. Go ahead and have a seat. This will take me a bit to get out. You know, it's funny. This was always the goal, to tell this story. Long have I held it in. And now that I am here, I find it a difficult story to get rid of. A weight I've become used to. But the time is finally here, and you deserve to hear my tale, as do so many others. Long ago, Vikos Carlyle was lord of Port Hallback and ruler of much of the southern lands. He was old by the time Faradon fell, but his age had not slowed his cruelty, and his strength had not waned. You see, House Carlyle was once known as kind and benevolent, rose to prominence during the golden age of Faradon. They were master potters from a small holding east of here where the Evans River meets the Grey Hills. There they made crafts of clay with skills surpassed by none. Their shrewd mercantile dealings were eventually noticed and their holdings grew. Long did the king's court scoff at the new southern lords. House Clay, they called them, a slur meant to undercut their menial roots. 
Over time, their efficient rule overcame their beginnings, and House Carlyle grew in standing and became close advisors to the king. I would like to say that as the evil crept across the nation that House Carlyle resisted and was a voice for good, and indeed for a time that was true. But Vicos changed everything when he became lord. House gossip whispered of Vicos murdering his father, the wise and generous Strom Carlyle. I can't prove it, but I always suspected the coup in House Carlyle was facilitated by agents of Gilgamark, turning a dangerous adversary into a useful ally. Now to say Vikos was evil simply does no justice to the man who ruled House Carlyle. Fear was his weapon, not death. No, death was too quick, too easy, too wasteful. Vikos used fear like no other, for he did not attack with might and strength, though his attacks came with subtlety and deception. A trusted friend, an unsuspecting servant, a <laughs> spouse who long shared your bed. None knew the face of his agents. You see, the true strength of Vikos hid deep within his dungeons. There he kept many prisoners and slaves, slowly bending them to his will. There he broke them. Torture, brainwashing, programming, the scholars would call it these days. But such words pale in comparison to the truth of that place. For there House Carlyle once again became crafters and artisans. But now they molded and shaped people to their will turned them into creatures ruthless, terrible, and efficient. All while the cunning Vikos wrapped them for delivery in beauty and innocence. And thus Vikos Carlyle stood high in the confidence to Gilgamark himself, for the hidden snakes of Vikos slithered everywhere in Feradan. They were the weapon the lich pointed not at his enemies abroad, but held to the throats of the lords and citizenry of Feradan. It was during this time that eyes of suspicion were cast on Feradan. Nations across the realm sent agents and diplomats hungry for any scrap of information. Even the gods themselves sent emissaries and spies. But Gilgamark was prepared. Most found themselves in the dungeons of House Carlisle. If lucky, they found a slow death there. Some became spies and informants for Feradan. Most lingered there as Vikos and his children slowly carved information from their minds. One such prisoner long proved strong enough to resist such methods. But this was no ordinary being. Indeed, it was a divine servant of Kalmia, a deva you would call her. She was as beautiful as she was strong. Even at the hands of Vikos she gave not an inch and matched her wills with his. But everyone breaks, everyone has a price, Vikos liked to say. And thus he ended all torture. He moved to the lavish quarters full of comforts and riches. When she became rested and her full strength had returned, that's when Vikos made his plan known. One day he stormed into her peaceful quarters with strong warriors and powerful wizards. Together they held her in place and suppressed her magic so that Vikos could force himself upon her. Day after day this continued until the child of Vikos grew within the womb of the deva. Then she was left alone in her gilded cage throughout the pregnancy and until the child was old enough to walk. Never once was she visited by a member of House Carlyle. Finally Vikos returned. His offer was simple. Answer his questions and the child would be left with her. Remain silent and he would take the child and raise him as his own son. Turn him cruel and evil like the rest of his spawn. 
Wizards and craftsmen had constructed a seeing stone that would only view her child, so she could watch as Vikos corrupted and molded her son. I'm told she watched her son every day, that she smiled at his sight, that she never uttered another word, that she never broke. I never saw her again. My last memory of her was being ripped from her arms. But never once did I believe she made the wrong decision. For all she saw as I grew into manhood. For all the atrocities committed by my own hands. I know she was watching. I know in my heart that she watched. As I brought it all crashing down. You see, I became the favored child of Vikos. I let him shape me. I became strong and cunning. All fell before me. Even several of my jealous siblings, each one I killed, gave me strength. Each cruel death moved me one step closer to my destiny. I even rose to be a revered interrogator, renowned across Feridon. But fear was not my weapon. No, I used kindness and compassion, coming as a friend, appearing as a sympathetic god bound as deeply by the prison as anyone in it. Slowly I chipped away at their defenses until they craved to tell me all they knew. My father took great delight in my methods, said I was the most cruel of all. Blades so sweet everyone cuts their own throats just for a taste, he would say. He even provided me with a wife, political marriage he claimed, but I knew she was one of his. For all his praise he trusted no one. She was my only mistake nearly brought about my ruin on several occasions. You see, I fell in love. It wasn't her beauty. It was her strength and will. To this day I have no idea how my father broke her in the first place. To the outside we were the pride and joy of House Carlisle, the bright future of Faradon. But behind closed doors, well, we fought like only lovers can. We contested wills with unmatched passion. I'm still surprised she did not kill me herself before my plans bore fruit. You see, I built a network from those I interrogated, a network of informants and spies. As I sent them forth, I built a weapon. Others saw spies and pawns, and indeed I used their information to hold tightly to my position. But a bird flies both directions depending on the season. That one's mine. That is why all my ships bear a starling on their sails. Little birds flying north and south, east and west. It's my personal seal, a reminder of my true course. When the war came, my network of assets proved valuable. More than a few victories of Faradon bore my fingerprints, but unbeknownst to all, so did a few of its defeats. For my flock had migrated far and wide, and chirped into the ears of several allied commanders. Soon they knew that somewhere in Faradon hid an ally. It was me that sent the ship south, leaving the port open to attack. Slipped it into my oldest brother's gang of brutes he called spies. He was always the easiest to fool, mighty in combat, but weak of mind. I remember how he rubbed it in my face and tried to shame me in front of father. A fleet of assassins bound for the eastern coast, guided by friendly sea creatures seeking to rid the world of the Fridian navy. It was a ridiculous notion. But when patrol vessels were sighted probing the eastern sea, well, well father rewarded my brother and sent ships to crush them. The internal hatred between the army and the navy kept anyone from noticing the gap in troop disposition rotating from the interior. All seemed normal and secure until the first of the Allied fleet appeared from the fog. 
Only then did they notice the empty barracks and the empty storehouses. Oh, the port was far from defenseless. For nearly the first hour, I thought the attack might fail. I myself stood on the front lines with the archers, shooting flaming arrows at the attackers, trying to burn their ships to the waterline. There stands a brave son of Faradon, they shouted as they rallied to my position. It was my father himself that ordered me back to the keep. Bring me close to protect the future of House Carlisle, he said. Oh, I know she was watching. Every day since I've lived my life as though she was still watching. Watching the attackers gain the upper hand and storm the port. Watching the destruction of House Carlisle. Watching as my blade slid into the neck of the mighty Vicos Carlisle. Does it taste sweet, father? I asked him as his life slowly drained away. He died near this very spot, sitting on his damned uncomfortable throne. I made sure none of my siblings survived the assault before I crept away in secret. My wife came along unwillingly, well unconscious at first. <laughs> we made our way to a secret spot. You see, several of the ships my father sent away were captained by allies of mine. It was easy for them to maintain patrols while awaiting my signal along the eastern coast. It was the Sparrow's Watch that found me, captained by one Seathan Bronstadt. Three ships in total sailed away with us, ships filled with sympathizers and supporters. Paranoia was so rampant in Faradon that reassignments were commonplace. It was easy to pack three ships with those of my choosing, but a merry band of refugees we were not. No, not a week passed before mutiny led by none other than my loving wife. Joselena was the name I knew her by, claimed it was a family name from distant elven heritage, but now she was Jaylana. Two of the ships left with her, too proud and defiant to hide like cowards, she told me. By the gods, that woman is stubborn. Oh, now don't go saying bad things about her. Our contest of wills never truly ended. You see, all three of our children were born after the escape. She even let me raise them, at least until two of them decided to run off and join her. Must be the red hair. They're as beautiful and as strong-willed as she is. But I know you are smart enough to have figured out her story, and now you know mine. Now you know why I'm here. To restore the Carlisle name to what it should have been. To reshape Faradon to what it should have been. And to learn my mother's fate. I never found her. I picked up the pieces of my informant network, operating out of a small port in eastern Adeamos for some time. I never knew where my father hid her, never found her prison, a final secret he kept. I had hoped the Allies would find her and free her, or that I could after the war, but we all know how that ended. So here I sit at the scene of the crimes. Murderer, torturer, evildoer, traitor. Redeemer, I am the rightful son and heir of a most cruel and evil servant of Faradon, and the son of a loving mother. What would she say if she were still watching? What title would she give me? What indeed? So, grab another glass of wine and ask me what you will. I'm sure you have more questions. Craven, how old does that make you exactly? Oh, not that long ago, I just passed my 164th birthday. Good lord. Well, you don't look a, a day over 159. Oh, uh, it's the, the good heritage. It's all the clean living? Not mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, I can say. 
That might make you the only living son of Ferritin left in the world. As far as I know. So when the, the negative energy waves collapsed, uh, where were you? How far away were you? I was all the way in a Deimos at that point. Mm. I didn't leave for many years. I uh, was in a bit of a precarious situation at the time. So how old is Lena? Uh, my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's probably about the same age as old Asherian over here. 54? Uh, you've got to beat by a few years then, lad. Like, you see Alder spend more time processing that information than should. Your heritage, besides long life, does it uh, provide you with any other benefits? So I'm not certain I follow your meaning. Uh, obviously, the long life, I'm uh, quite skilled mm-hmm. over the years. I have uh, always found myself to be quite hardy and... Oh. Uh, oh, I bet you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure, yes. Mm. Then I feel uh, faint, and then... I was just curious if you find yourself maybe with, uh, oh, uh, I don't know, um, I'm just speculating here, uh, you know, resistance to um, um, evil, undead, that sort of thing. Uh, I've not encountered many over my years. I've had a lot of dealings with the living, fortunately. Mm-hmm. Demons, devils, that sort of thing? Uh, it's not been without, but once again... Uh, mostly my dealings were more of the mercantile nature, but I've seen my share of battle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm just curious. So what's the long-term goal? Get the old farmstead established? Get your name back out? What happens in the next 50, 100 years? How long can you go? Hopefully return Faradon to Faradon, what it was, not what Gilgamesh tried to make it. Faradon was once in a, a great place. It was once the shining jewel of this realm. It was a wonderful nation, but it went evil. And the evil can't return. It can't be the way it was before. Well, it's, uh, what do you know about a settlement called New Hope? Where, uh, where was this, uh, and Faradon? It is now. So, yep. well, yeah, we'll take a minute to info dump all the awful mm-hmm. fucking shit that happened. He, um, he stops. This is, uh, what my daughter was trying to tell me. I really need to learn to stop and listen to her more often. She's not the child like I remember. Well, you've got time to uh, get to know her. Hopefully. Because he's ancient. That is, uh, that is most dire news and confirms many of my worst fears. I'd hoped all of that was long gone and over and that we could truly return to Faradon, but it looks like maybe the struggle is not quite finished yet. No, and it's um, <clears throat> probably critical that it... Um that it be dealt with in some manner as soon as we can figure out how. I, I agree, but uh, you spoke of many demons. That is not going to be an easy task. No, we've, we don't have the resources at this time to take on something like that. Uh, Nor the keep, knowledge of how to. We keep getting outclassed. There's rituals we just can't seem to stop. It's getting old. We need tools. I would hate to say it, but... The rituals, if you speak, the power, the way they wield things, it does sound all too familiar to me. Carlisle, well, I I can speak for myself only, but I imagine some of the others here, I'm ready to go to everlasting fucking war with these people over this, but... I I believe in many ways I have been. I, we just, right now, we don't have the tools, so we, we need a plan, we need allies. We have been sent also as emissaries from a race of water people known as the Children of the Sea. Uh, they're allies of the Shepherd Fleet. Uh, they essentially want to establish borders for their area. I suggest we respect them. I am aware of them, and the Shepherds are indeed friends. 
All right, and then if he's caught up on yeah. what we were supposed to tell him, you know, yeah. then we've done our job. So I'll part the point. info dump there. Yeah, he says uh, I will speak uh, on everyone's behalf for the council, but uh, I don't think anyone will object to such an offer. Uh, we can barely hold this territory anyway. It's not much of a concern for the moment, but those are ancient beings, and something tells me they still have a part to play. There's no way we could police the entire coast. We can barely hold on to Holbeck. It is an offer we have to take. I am most concerned about this, what did you say, calling? Mm-hmm. It seems to be bringing people here. It's powerful enough to bring these cultists, and it was powerful enough to bring at least half of the pirate nation here. I understand they may have some claim, but I don't believe that's truly what is happening. They seem to be drawn just as much by this evil as anyone else. It makes me wonder how many even in town are here for good purposes, or how many here are hiding? Well, apparently some of the settlers in New Hope had come through Port Holbeck, and some of the cultists we've encountered before also came through Port Holbeck. Most of them landed at an alternative destination, though. We think that the first group that we encountered out by the Ghostal Tower, though, mm. those did I, likely come through the port. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know... They speak. You speak of the calling, and a number of people in that village, you know, described it exactly as such that they just felt um, a, uh, they felt compelled uh, to come here. That that um, even before necessarily that they encountered other people with similar um, interests, that they um, they just sort of sensed that there was a direction in which they needed to go. Um, that's that's very troubling because that implies that there's uh, some sort of will or intelligence uh, that has the capability to um, send some sort of magical or mystical um, signal to these people. And one wonders where or how that could be happening. Did you tell him any of what you lear- may have learned about Father Becker? Um, you know, to be really honest with you, at some point over dinner, I probably would have had a question with my companions and say, you know, he laid a lot on the table and um, <clears throat> increasingly a part of this, um, you know, the, the, the uh, frankly, the, the issue with my deity is becoming increasingly um, part of this. Um, do you think we should, do you think I should uh, share what I know? And, and, in and order here's to- the deal. I think at this point, even we feel, you know, who you're worshiping. Like, you know, you can make a case like, no, this is not Gilgamark. This is blah, mm-hmm. blah, mm-hmm. or at least what the sea people call this name. I believe that this is who this is. This is who I worship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you have powers from this person you worship. Yeah. So I think I, I think at this point, no real strong case can be made. You're a servant of Gilgamark. Mm-hmm. You know? well, I mean, I, I'm not so much worried about myself. I'm just worried about. I mean, we've limited the information we've given him in the past. And my yeah. question is, are we done with that at this point? I, I think we're all in at this point. Mm. I think we have to be. Okay. Uh, okay, so at some point I will um, say, you know, um, Craven, um, I feel that there's... Um, we, we've learned other things, too, over the course of our time here on this uh, place. And I feel it's maybe uh, time that we uh, we discuss that a bit. Um, and I'll, I'll bring out my holy symbol while well, my holy symbol's out because I don't, I don't hide it generally. Um, but I'll, I'll kind of hold it up and say, um, what do you know about this symbol? I was wondering when you were going to get around to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you've been withholding information from us? How dare you, sir? How dare you? 
Hey, Tim, you dirty spy! Uh, oh. <laughs> well, I've suspected that for some time. Yes. The, uh, the priestess has been very interested in you. Well, has she come directly to you, or do you... Yes, she oh. has. Has she asked about me? Has she asked about Haytham? Actually, actually, <laughs> I, need to, actually I need to back up, because it's never been revealed to me that she has such an interest. Isn't that correct? <laughs> yeah, you dirty spy. No, I, don't, I don't think you've ever brought it up. No, he told you that she had the book. He never said directly interested uh, that in she you. Had uh, you were wearing the symbol. <laughs> Well, right, yeah, because I haven't been hiding it. I mean, so, I, I didn't mean, know it good that enough. part was there, but never that she was asking specifically. She never, well, she never grilled me about, like, so tell me about Father Becker. She mm -hmm. just indicated that she had the book. And yeah, she... the, the book of the ritual. The first well, I, I'm sure your, like, poker face was so shit that, like, <laughs> she just uh, read your eyeballs. Right. So, to, so to, then what I'll say is that, um, well, I, hmm, I knew she had some degree of interest in it. I, I know she had a copy of the book that I've got. Um, uh, Haytham, I think, found that out for us during his... Was, now that I think no, about it somewhat lengthy... it wasn't the, cop, the copy of the book that you have. It was a copy of the book that the cultists have right, okay. demonstrating the ritual. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I said the wrong thing. But yeah, that's the book. Yeah, you know, uh, Haytham was uh, in there talking to her. Actually, now that I think about it, surprisingly a long time. It really was... It was almost like hours, but uh, we had much in yeah, a lot in oh. common talking about uh, art and <laughs> yeah, okay. It's I like, and, and I so like talking about the party. She liked hearing about the party. <laughs> oh, so you guys really hit it off, is what you're saying? <laughs> oh anyway. yeah, well uh, I don't know about all that. I, you're stroking your sickle again. Uh, that's... Release me, <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> yes, yes I just given to your anger. Grown so fond of it. I'm the Senate. Yeah, <laughs> you so. know, uh, you know, good father. It makes a good deal of sense. Explains why they've been so cooperative. Mm. This, if this involves gods, old, new, dead, not dead, it makes sense why they're here. More importantly, evil. Well, it's not like they're afraid of that, but it does beg the question. I think it is an angle we could use, because as far as that front, they hate competition. That they do, and... There's that bloody pact that I have to contend with. If this shook any of that apart, well, that would also be very terrible. Well, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes, well. but the enemy of my enemy in this case is the Asmodians. I'd be very careful how you get involved with such ilk. They are very helpful allies, and they are also very devious and extract a deathly toll sometimes. Well, I, I think that we're all smart enough to avoid some sort of infernal pact with them. I mean, that would be, be insane. Oh, well, I'll have you know, we turned down such a deal weeks ago, so... Good news. Ultimately, though, this universe only exists because a deal was made with Asmodeus. That is true. And if the alternative is the blanketing of existence, well, deals may have to be struck. Yes, one we could be forgiven for making a, a deal. Sense motive! Ha-ha! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> You know nothing. Never. I always Never. roll <laughs> shit on that. Anytime I can like trip you up, I'm like ah, three. <laughs> like Brad as a person, sense motive is way higher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but your character sense oh, motive is weird. The garbage. fighter doesn't have a great like. <laughs> Given the fact sense motive doesn't even exist, it's, it's zero every time. It's uh, all perception. Yeah, yeah, trusting face. So, but in the, any case, uh, go ahead. The big question, Father, is uh, I have to tell the council. As much as I hold it my personal responsibility to steer everything in the right direction, uh, this is not a monarchy. I don't know if you wish to give the council all of the details, but I'll share with you what's occurred. It may be best to keep a few things close to the vest, but, but I, I'm, I can't leave it all out, and I'll be honest with you. Uh, the priestess and, well, honestly, 
even that damned paladin. They're both very good. What, just what just I, tell them what you need to know, but make sure you know if they come for one of us, they're coming for all of us. So what I'll do is I'll, 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 share, de- I'll share as many details as necessary for him to get a good idea. But one, here's the through line that I'm trying to make, and that is that we feel that the cultists are using this symbol. They're not worshiping my god. They are using that symbol and, and their rituals in such a way as to, in our best guess, perhaps it's extract Gilgamark's essence from my god, which is currently holding on to his his evil power. And so that it's part deception, maybe part ritual, part mystical nonsense. But the point is, is that their aims are different from my aims. And the experiences of I, I have had make it very clear that there, there are two different things going on here. Unfortunately, there's a lot of supposition there. I think maybe best thing we can do is try to eliminate some of that supposition. I just don't know how. We need answers. Answers on what exactly is going on. If we could learn those, maybe we know how to stop them. If they need um, some proof, um, <clears throat> I mean, I can, um, I can summon aspects of stone. I can, um, maybe in a level or two, I can cause the very ground to quake. And furthermore, I can channel positive energy, which I don't think Gilgamark could probably do. Displays of power, I I believe you, and I believe many others would too, but uh, the problem is it doesn't explain the how. It doesn't explain what is going on. How how are these cultists able to tap into such power? How are they intertwined? These these are answers we must find out, but... And we'll find uh, them, but we won't find them here. So we'll need we'll need tools as we go out. Mm, there, there is much to ponder here, but I believe you gentlemen are on the right track. You know what might also be helpful too that I, I want to mention out is that um, you know we we saw a um, slab, if you will, uh, with carvings on it that uh, told about ancient history. We've mentioned this, and um, there were three gods apparently that fought uh, the dark god at the beginning of time, um, and uh, one of which we know represented the ocean. Um, and um, like all three gods, was defeated. But there was another one, too, the god of air, the god of winds, and they had a race of people, a, wa- a race of uh, avian creatures that, um, <clears throat> that worshipped that god. Maybe they know something. If there's a remnant of them that can be found somewhere in the world, um, maybe they have knowledge and perspective that we might be able to understand. Um, and they might also be allies. Um, can you imagine, uh, again, the force of bringing Earth wind and waves back together to uh to fight an emerging demigod i thought you were gonna say earth wind and fire <laughs> i was hoping <laughs> I, was like, I noticed fire wasn't present in that i think music mm. could be used to defeat strong mm. giant enemies there's much to think on we should be careful with our course of action but yes i agree with you we need such information i might mention a final final thing and that is just uh that if they are coming for me personally um we might um point out the fact that um Everything that I have done, every use of my power has been to fight against these cultists and to try to disrupt their activities uh, to the point of, uh, you know, great personal risk. And um, if that doesn't count for something, well, let them come. Well, Father Becca, you helped bring my daughter back to me. So if they come for you, they go through me as well. Oh, good. That's actually, I'm glad you had it. Everybody get it in. (laughs) All right. right. Until you prove otherwise... you're on the side of good for now. 
So during this entire conversation, Ashirian has been doing like the thinking man pose sitting in the chair and has his brow thoroughly furrowed. But eventually he kind of stops and looks at uh, Carlisle, looks him dead in the eyes. Carlisle, two questions. Over my years, I have learned that religion, power, lust, and greed have caused over a million people to bleed on this goddamn planet. What makes you think that you're so special that you can stop that from happening on Faradon again? I don't know that I can. I just know I have to try. Well, secondly, do you think all people are worth redemption? Well, coming from what I just told you, I would be a hypocrite if I said that uh, people are beyond redemption. I can only say that I believe there may be some who are, as sad as that may be, but we must take those cases as they come. We must use our best judgment and try to carve the best path forward. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all I've been trying to do. And hopefully with the help of allies such as yourself, maybe we can find some semblance of good, some semblance of peace. Maybe we can finally end this curse of Faradon, but but it seems like a daunting task once again. Good to know. Alders look like looking at the ground, which is not a pose he normally does. And like he's like, redemption is only found by those people who look for it. And that's that's how you know that they're actively trying to find it. My ancestor, well, it took him well over ten years to try to convince the rest of the world that Faradin was a threat. This will not be an easy path for any of us, and we will lose friends along the way. But there's no other option. This whole world united once against Faradon, and turns out it was not enough. I don't know if we can muster the strength, but not us, who else? We must seek out allies, but we must charge forward as well. Carla, are you willing to die for what you believe in? I believe I am. That's a good answer. The line is here. No further. Oh. <laughs> waiting for you to gack him. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's the answer I need. Take his face, Ashiri. <laughs> you can do that, right? No. Oh. Thought you were no, we, Oh, this that. was a bad plan. We all really assumed you <laughs> could. Yeah, I wish that uh, would have been made clear earlier because... What, you get the next level? Maybe we can... When, when do you, we can put it in the fridge or something, right? We have ice. Uh, yeah. Keep him nice and... Uh, Fresh, and uh, hope you level up a bit. <laughs> Weekend at Carlisle's will only work for like a week or two. Our right. best. <laughs> There's dagger eyes from Ashiri going into all of us. We'd be stabbed through the heart if we Stop had to. Stop fucking up my character moment. Damn. Sorry, man. Go ahead. That was it. No, yeah, no, okay. It seemed that bottle of wine's empty. Uh, maybe there's another around here somewhere. Clink, clink. Uh, indeed, he has more wine. Uh -huh. so. You look disgusted once again. <laughs> What is this shit? Is that is that a white Zinfandel? <laughs> Burn this pond to the ground. <laughs> I join Gilgamesh. What is this barefoot wine? Uh, it's like we're on a deserted island populated <laughs> by idiots. Maybe the whole world should end. If this is the <laughs> best we can find. <laughs> this is why I miss appraise checks. <laughs> <laughs> glug glug glug. I I don't have any questions for him really. Like. I mean, Alder's not the biggest fan of this guy, but ultimately it doesn't matter because we need each other. Like, we need his resources and he needs us for troubleshooting. 
So I don't really have any big questions. He's laid it on the line. Questions, not so much, but uh, Carlisle, perhaps others on the council with you that uh, Paladin or some of the others may have ties of their own. They might be able to bring allies in as well. Might that be worth pursuing? It's possible. I can tell you, be careful with the Paladin. She is a champion of Tardis, but her goal is not necessarily to save Faradon. Her goal is not necessarily to help us. She will do good when she has the opportunity and when it's laid on the line, but her true goal is to get the Asmodians out of this realm. The Tartans have made no mistake. They are looking for a way to break the pact. They're looking for a way to get them out. It's not an easy task, but it is a stated goal of theirs. They can pursue the little hobby when the world-threatening end is over. It is no surprise to me that she arrived around the same time. I always found that very convenient. It, uh... It's happened before, and it tends to happen in scale. Where the Asmodians go, the Tartans are soon to follow. Seems like as much of a bloody nuisance, doesn't it? It can be. For someone who's trying to run a secret network of spies, yes. (laughs) Alder stands up at that point, like, kind of stretches, like, well, playing the two sides off against each other, that'll be your full-time job. We're going to go out and get answers. See what you can dig up for us, though, as far as equipment. We're, we're outclassed here, and until we get stronger... Uh, I can say that uh, everything I have is at your disposal. I owe you a great debt. One that I'm not certain how to repay. Maybe like a fancy shield made of unatanium. <laughs> <laughs> Let us waterboard Hatham for shield? answers. Something <laughs> along those lines. Well, everything I have is at your disposal. You're looking at it, this bottle of wine. <laughs> I spent a lot of money coming here. <laughs> this magnificent feast represents the last of So, hey, they've been date your daughter. That's what I heard. <laughs> everything you have. You is... sly dog, you. <laughs> oh, the ladies. That's right. Ah. Yes, well, um, thank you for your time, I uh, guess. I, am I suggest you gentlemen rest up. I will use my resources as best I can to see what our course should be. But, yes... We need information. We need information as to what is going on with the father here and his, his divine abilities. The answers lie down that road. Keep us in the loop. That e- will do. Even among stuff in town, maybe we can help. I will uh, we'll stay in contact. Of course, I'm here at this state, so make yourselves at home. Uh, I understand your, uh, your estate, I guess, is nearly finished. Eh, it's a double house, but it would be nice to have something to come home to other than a tent. That uh, that Lancaster, he's a, he's a gift. It is our good fortune that he was cast out of his former home. And Rob's a good dude. Maybe uh, we could get a break on some furnishings, you know? <laughs> some tapestries, you know? Some beds. Tapestries? Maybe? You know, some couches? Because uh, well, we have a house, but that's, that's it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we'll all sleep on the floor then. <laughs> Just put the tent up in your bedroom, I guess. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, I believe we have much to think about. I will, I will get back with you as soon as I can. But, but I believe it's a good night to sleep, and you look like you could use some rest. It's been a long few weeks. Yes, well, I would mind a comfy cot. We had to work a troubling, <laughs> troubling amount on that ship because there weren't enough crew, so we actually had to behave like sailors for a while. It's true. Yes. Well, all right. I'm going to go get some rest. I kind of missed it. Like Alder walks outside. 
<laughs> uh, as you guys head outside, uh, Lena Clay is outdoors. Well, hello, Miss Clay. Good evening. I uh, I misjudged you. It's okay. I'm used to it. <laughs> you uh, you come from very good genes. Mm. <laughs> oh, my father. He's uh, he's quite the man, isn't he? He's something. Yes. Well. But uh, in in these dark times, any ally is a friend. And I hope you'll consider us that. And like he should hold out his hand. And uh, I, I suppose it is in my best interest to stay close to my father. I'm, I'm afraid my mother will not be around much longer. And without her to guide me, I uh, must either seek my own course or, or stay close to my father. From what I understand, something the Pirate Queen always did right was surround herself with good people. I suggest you do the same. It's true, Is true. You figure she's no longer going to be around for very much longer? Unfortunately, yes. My mother is very old. Hmm. Even she is reaching the end of her life. I hope to get to see her before she goes, but unfortunately we have to resolve this damned war first. Where is she? Oh, she's at my father's estate in Trelinden. Hmm. She's been there for some years now. I'm a little surprised he left her, but... This is a important task for him. Well, in a week or so, our place at 328 Port Drive should be up, so <laughs> come hang out anytime you like. We'll break out the grog. Oh, as soon as, uh, as soon as my sister shows up, I intend to crew my ship and be gone as soon as possible. Yeah. Good sailing with you. Yes, right. thank you for helping to get us here safely. No, thank you, gentlemen. Hopefully uh, your efforts have made big strides in getting us in the right direction. Did you see that? I offered her my hand. She didn't shake it. What a bitch. I was going to say. <laughs> the worst. How rude. Also, let's be honest. You kind of offered her your bed, and she didn't shake that either. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. I offered her a house of beds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> she didn't want any of us. Yeah, that's... Uh... So you gentlemen are left to your own devices after that. Right, do you really want Carlisle for stepdad? Uh, I mean, I don't or... care, but you might uh, <laughs> have a problem with... Father-in-law? Maybe she wants That's a big to... difference between stepdad and father. <laughs> Maybe she yeah. wants to worship the new god. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you let me know how that goes. Mm-hmm. I've already got one father. Don't really need another. <laughs> ha! Gave away some of your backstory. <laughs> you got a dad. Has a dad. <laughs> Noted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aw, that's okay, sure. <laughs> you can have his dad. <laughs> Next time you go home for like Christmas, you can bloody have him for a day of joy celebration or something. Uh, is there anything you guys like to discuss amongst the group now that uh, Carlisles are not around? Uh, so we got a frat house. We have a house that's not built yet, and there's no furnishings in it. USA, USA, USA. So yeah, we're in cots back in that fucking tent. That I demand that no matter how long we're out in those fucking woods or on the sea, nobody sleeps in those cots. I mean, honestly, at this point, they would be okay with that. Nobody's gonna. We're like the only ones left in cots. Also, there are terrible bed bugs. Everybody else has cabins at this point. I don't know if you guys did. You guys catch the name of the captain? Uh, that he sailed away with? That name sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. Was uh, it the old guy? Same last name. Yeah, okay. That's what I... Hmm. I he, was like, oh, that name sounds familiar, but I It don't. actually was not him, but he. Yeah. these are the, his, their descendants. Those were humans, so there's okay. been a couple generations in there. So he's made those bitches earn it for like a <laughs> century. 
Yeah, actually. <laughs> How long is this fucking indentured servitude thing going on for? I mean, damn. Because I mean, no, they can choose to stay. The Great War happened like 120 years ago, so. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. How many generations of people? Medieval time, you're thinking living to like 60, so that's two generations? Yeah, because uh, we know what's-his-face is like 80 or 90, like yeah. the old guy. Uh, yeah, Marcus. So he's the, the dad. Yeah. Um, so he's old. So now, actually, it was his grandfather who was, was Seathan Bronstead, who mm-hmm. was the captain of the ship. Marcus's dad was a young boy who sailed away with, and so. So how old is kid the the one with the hammer? I mean, he's in his mid thirties. Okay, had him okay. had him young. Yeah, I mean, old. no, he's not real old, but I mean, he's 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 still hardy and hale, but he's been around. No, there's shit I want to do around town, NPCs I want to talk to, but I mean, that's probably we've been on the sea for weeks. I imagine we've talked to each other. Um, so, uh, Richard, I, uh, whenever we go back to, uh, the tents, um, and, uh, I've got a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of private time, if you <laughs> take my <laughs> meaning, that's right, I'm going to, um, I'm going to sit in the ground, um, and, um, you know what, actually, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to wait till it's quiet and still at night, and then I'm actually going to leave the tent, and I'm going to walk, uh, to the cliffs that, um, overlook, uh, uh, overlook the bay, and I'm going to find a nice rocky promontory uh, there, uh, and I'm going to sit down Jump. on the. Uh, <laughs> I feel compelled. Do, that. Slip, yeah. it's, uh, Do a flip. Yep, <laughs> and then I bring back a non-cleric <laughs> to the party, and then yes. uh, we'll see how that goes. But anyway, um, so right. I'm going to sit down uh, un- under the moonlight uh, or whatever it is, and uh, sit on the rock, the bare rock, and um, I'm going to uh, start nightly prayers and start communing with my God. And then for the first time since I've gotten this knowledge, I'm going to attempt to basically kind of open my mind and I'm going to uh, reach out and um, use the term. I- I'm going to reach out to, to my deity and see if it responds to the name Emeron. So here's what happens. You're doing your prayers. You're doing your commuting and trying to connect with the force that you're used to connecting with. And everything seems to be going fine. And then when you invoke the name, there's a moment where everything goes completely still and quiet, even more so than it is in the dead of night. Mm -hmm. And after a moment, and you don't feel any extra connection, nothing really changes. Almost for a second, you feel a little less connected to Mm -hmm. your God. And then you do feel something. And you're not quite certain what it is. It takes you a few moments for you to realize that it's not just something you're feeling as part of your connection with your God, that you're actually feeling it physically mm-hmm. and that the the ground is shaking. So I'm on a promontory overlooking the ocean and the ground is shaking? The gra- Reflex Because I'm a little concerned about that. The, the, yes, the ground is shaking and for almost a full minute, the ground shakes. Now, at first you don't know how you know localized this is. Now, it's not shaking violently. Mm-hmm. This is what you might consider a good solid tremor. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to make anything quite so dramatic as a reflex save, although you know you might in, in, you know, intuitively step back a little further. Yeah, uh, sure. And as you look back towards Port Holbeck, you realize by the lanterns that you can see and the lights that you can see and a couple of shouts and calls that it's not local. As far as you can see, as far as you can sense, all the land is shaking. Huh. Well, that's interesting to note. And um, then it finally fades away, and everything returns to normal. Huh. I wonder if I have reminded someone of something. Did I sense? I didn't sense anything like anger or disappointment or or 
uh, revelation or anything like that? Not really. Normally you have a, maybe a, I don't want to say empathy, but you've at times been connected to where you felt sensations similar to that. Mm-hmm. And, and this time you, you didn't necessarily feel anything. That's why it took you a moment to realize that you weren't feeling because you, you almost confused the two at, at, at a moment. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that, oh, whoa, wait a minute. This is not me feeling this. This is, yeah. this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. But there is enough connection there. You feel fairly certain that whatever you're connecting with was connected with that rumble. The message was received, perhaps. Do I get that feeling? or Yeah, it's, it's, it's your speculation as to what it was. But they definitely correlated. They were not unlinked. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Gilgamark didn't know the name of your god, so he couldn't fully like sacrifice him. And now we know. And now we know that was it. And that was it. Those were the death, uh, the death shakes. There. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Final you're you're twitch. basically what a fighter well, now? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> some limited martial skills. Is that, that's it. Uh, so what I'll do then is, um, and, and we can if we need to talk about this in the future, is that the next time I try to invoke that name, I may be going a little way from town and not necessarily <laughs> sitting on the right, right, you know, right there in case another localized quake happens. But I might attempt in the future to try to to invoke that name again just to see what happens yeah we'll deal with that when it happens sounds good but definitely a reaction there yeah i i don't sleep that well because of the earthquakes yeah Yeah, you guys definitely noticed it by the way it it was not i mean it it was not nothing it was very noticeable by everybody so becca tell you god to knock it off (sighs) i create a volcano underneath alder's tent (laughs) nice that's a small volcano uh, that's, I mean, a little lava is enough, right? <laughs> initially, <laughs> initially, you'll be like, wow, it's, it's getting warm. It's nice. Mr. Lava Lava. That little chill is gone from the air. That uh, coincides with my new script, Alter in the Volcano. Mm-hmm. Nice. There you go. So good news. Uh, when we come back after the holiday break. Let's fucking say And it. after the holiday say special. It. Let me have um, it, Daddy. Let me have it, Daddy. <laughs> uh, congratulations. You guys can advance to fifth level. Fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I get a I get a there's racial feed. Fuck this game. There's a lot of <laughs> a lot of yelling there in the microphones. So go ahead and level up your characters, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and spoil a little bit. But you guys will be in Port Hallback for next episode, and I'm sure you have much to talk about and many people to talk to. Plus, we got a lot of gold to spit. Fuck. Wah, wah, wah. Who needs loot? You can buy a shield. We do, to fight demons and end rituals. <laughs> yeah. You do have many demons to fight. We're going to figure out how you plan to do that on the next episode of the Adventures of All podcast. <laughs> <laughs>